0: Of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they really love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, host of The Ken Coleman Show, number one best selling author, is my co host today as we talk about your life, your career and your money. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Reed is with us. Reed is in San Antonio,
1: Texas. Hi, Reed. How are you? Howdy, Dave. Hey, Ken. Thanks for taking my call. I'm glad to be on the show. Sure. What's up? Hey, yeah. So my wife and I got married about nine months ago, really excited, and we are thinking of buying a house, and we are adamant about not having any sort of credit card or credit score. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we do that?
0: Okay. You just have to have a mortgage company that does what's called manual underwriting. Like Churchill Mortgage that sponsored us here for uh, almost 30 years here on the Ramsey Show, they do manual underwriting. Manual underwriting is what they used to do before there was a FICO score, like when I first got in the real estate business, okay? Right. And that simply means that they, in the old days, now we wouldn't do it exactly this way today, but in the old days we would mail, the mortgage company would mail a VOD request to your bank, a verification of deposit to see if you have money in the account to do your down payment. They would send mm-hmm. a VOE to your employer, a verification of employment. Your em- employer would write down and say, yes, he works here and here's what he makes. Send it back to the mortgage company. I was all snail mail in the old days, right? <laughs> and, sure. um, but they actually went around and then they did, they checked with your landlord and they looked at your credit bureau report and saw what was actually on the credit bureau report what was being paid were you paying the bills that you have on time and if you don't have any bills on the credit bureau report they assumed you were smart um because you are uh and instead of dumb not like the FICO score says you're dumb if you don't have any bills uh because it's only a measure of how much you play kissy face with the bank so um the, uh, but that's, how, that's what manual underwriting is. It means they manually actually have to verify that the human being is capable of paying the note. And um, then you can get the mortgage. And it's the same exact rate, uh, no, no more, no less than a regular FICO score rate. The difference is if you've got a, you know, a 750 FICO score, a monkey can make that loan. They just look at the number and go, "W,hoo, hoo, big number, do it, okay. <laughs> then there's absolutely zero analysis. Okay. Other than they depend on the analysis that was created that created the FICO score to be their analysis, which is part of what caused the crash in 2008 because we were loaning people with high FICO scores money who were actually broke. And so we had a whole bunch of Mm -hmm. broke people buying houses, and it caused the 2008 crash. That's not happening as much now, but one thing, FICO has gone in and and worked on their algorithm because it sucks but um, it's mathematically impalatable. But anyway, all that side, side issue from Model Soapbox. But, yeah, you can get a mortgage. Just go to a mortgage company that, um, you know, that does manual underwriting. Ben is in Norfolk, Virginia. Hey, Ben, what's up?
1: Hey, how's it going, Dave? Thanks for uh, taking the call. Appreciate it. Sure. What's up? Yeah. Hey, uh, so my wife and I are be finishing up Baby Step 3 probably January of 2023. Um, I'm thirty seven. I'll be retiring from the military in five years. And right now we have income enough to, uh, put so much down on our house that we could have it paid off in eight years, but I would not be able to do the 15% of my gross income into retirement. So I was wondering what your thoughts were on that, uh, even though I'd be gaining a military pension in five years, um, if I could play catch-up on retirement later and just get the house paid off super fast or do, um, you know, exactly For the baby steps or in that situation what you would tell people.
0: Yeah, I just like mustard better than ketchup. up um, uh, uh, Thanks for your service, by the way. We appreciate you. Sure, absolutely. Um, here's the good news in this whole story. You're actually thinking. Most people don't bother. We have a whole population full of freaking zombies that just go along and do whatever Amazon MasterCard and Apple tells them to do. And then they Google it, and Google tells them they're smart. And uh, none of this is true, by the way. So um, the you're you're actually using thinking skills. Way to go, dude. I'm so proud of you. I'm not, I'm not I'm not being Thank facetious you. <laughs> you really are the, the, if you pay keep paying attention like you're paying attention you're gonna be fine even if you don't do it perfectly Dave the way I would do it okay you're gonna be fine because 90 percent of people winning is they pay attention so uh no I would not do that um I would get out of debt like you're planning um and in January I'd start putting uh as much as you can aside for a down payment until you're ready to buy when you buy Put the house on a 15-year fixed and start saving 15% of your income towards retirement. And, um, yes, you're going to have the wonderful military retirement, which I'm very happy as a taxpayer to pay you. Thank you for your service. Um, One of the few things I actually think we do well uh, out of of D.C. But, yeah, all all that to say, uh, stay in order.
2: Yeah, follow the order uh, because you're going to be in such good shape. What do you plan to do uh, in retirement from the military? What's that next chapter look like?
1: Yeah, so I'm not 100% sure, but I'm looking at, I finished my MBA a few years ago, and so I'm looking in the project management, uh, maybe financial uh, advising, I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, so th- the point is, is everything Dave said, amen, 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 but you... Uh, By doing it this way, you're still going to be able to pay your house off because you're going to have that income, uh, retirement income from the military, but you're going to be making money, and and you're going to have a wonderful ladder for financial growth at a very young age. So you can do all of those things, just follow the order of the baby steps, and I think in the long run, you're going to be glad you did.
0: Well, and here's the other thing. Your income is not going to stay static. No. And your your numbers you're running are based on static income. So if you projected your income increases out, And then, uh, you know, you're guessing what you're going to do when you leave the military. But you keep projecting that out. You're probably still paying the house off in eight years.
2: Yeah, that's what I think.
0: But uh, it might be 10, but 10 is just fine. Uh, You know, again, because you're focusing, you're thinking, you're thinking outside of the normative, stupid butt stuff that people do in this broke culture. And, you know, you're not just uh, clicking on prime all day long and then wondering why you're broke. And, um, you know, you're just being smart. So that, that makes all the difference in the world. You know, Ken, I'm often asked in these uh, interviews that I do, and, um, and I don't – anyway, it always comes up. What's the number one mistake people make with money in America? And they always – you know, they figure I'm going to say credit card debt. Well, that's one of them. Student loan debt, that's one of them. Uh, leasing a car, that's another one. Whole life insurance, that's another one. There's too many to have one, right? But but really what happens is, is that the answer is is not paying attention. Because no one sits down and goes, hey, I want to be stupid. Right. Let's see what stupid looks like. But we just wander along like a zombie and come home with a new car.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or, you know, you impulse a bass boat. Oh, my God. You know? And so that this is what happens. People don't pay attention. Anything that, if you're going to win at anything, winning is an intentional act. You want to win in your marriage, you have to intentionally embrace, engage the process of being married. You want to raise good kids, it's not accidental. It's a lot of work because they're weird. You know, I mean, it's just a problem. So everything you win at, you got to be intentional. This is The Ramsey Show. With more frequency than you know, I get calls and emails from people dealing with the recent loss of a spouse or a parent. You can hear the struggle and the heartache they've been experiencing. And at a time they should be grieving, what breaks my heart the most is the strain and tension they're going through because of money, especially when it's a situation that could have been avoided. If you have a family, it is your responsibility to have term life insurance. It is one of the things you do to show you care. And yes, this is an ad for Xander Insurance. But since this is one of the most effective ways I have to get my point across, so be it. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Listen, you need to check out Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. I can't say it enough. Protect your family. It's what you're supposed to do. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Ken Coleman, Ramsey, personality, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose, is my co-host today. Today's question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. As the weather warms up, Neighborly can help you find local service pros like The Grounds Guys, Five Star Painting, and Mosquito Joe. Which you would need in Nashville. Uh, to turn your uh, yeah, we've got mosquitoes the size of eagles here. <laughs> and uh, to turn your outdoor space into your favorite space and help you find all the help you need at neighborly.com. We're so honored to have them as a sponsor now. And uh, April is National Financial Literacy Month. All month long, teachers and students in classrooms across America are taking the time to talk about the importance of learning money skills.
2: Today's question comes from Alex in Minnesota. How do you create a budget that works works when you are young and your income is inconsistent and unpredictable. So, on this one, Dave, we've got a young person, presumably a student, who uh, doesn't have a lot of household expenses. He's living at home, potentially. Uh, And what we want to focus on there is, what are your expenses? What are mom and dad requiring of you? Are you doing gas money, uh, helping out with some of your insurance, whatever that is? What are your spending habits, things you're saving for? And I think the budget there, Dave, is kind of created around that when you don't have a livelihood or the four walls that we teach. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we teach kids,
0: uh, students. In the uh, high school curriculum, Foundations in Personal Finance, it's taught in 48% of the high schools in America now. Our high school curriculum is. And what we teach folks there, Alex, is exactly what Ken said. Your purpose of doing a budget when you're in high school or junior high school, either one, is not to become wealthy. It's not to become a master budget person. It's to start to build the muscle of telling your money what to do instead of wondering where it went, which, by the way, is all a budget is. Adults devise a plan and follow it. Children, regardless of their age, do what feels good. And so if you're 52 and you do what feels good, you are, by definition, emotionally a child. You're immature. I, I deserve it. Oh, shut up. You don't deserve anything. You haven't earned. That's when you deserve it. You're not entitled to a new car. I work so hard. Oh, really? You're the only one, you whiner. Okay, so that's a child, regardless of if they're 12 or they're 52. And we hear them all the time saying stuff like that. Well, you don't know. Yes, I do know. I've done it all. I'm old, okay? And so I've seen it all, heard it all. The thing is so the whole thing here, Alex, is to get you the other side of that and say, okay, as an adult, because we're training young people to be good adults, and training young people to be good adults involves telling your money what to do instead of wondering where it went. And so all you got to do is go this month, or I want to buy a car by September. Okay, how are we going to do that?
2: Yeah. And so you begin to go, okay, if it's a five thousand dollar car, my mom and dad are gonna match whatever I come up with. So let's say they're gonna match your twenty five hundred and you begin to say, All right, how much money do I need to make? Got five months, I need five hundred bucks a month. So on. I gotta get after it. And this is interesting, Dave. What I love about financial literacy and something that you just said I wanna to add to. The reason we have movements right now among a lot of young people on social media that's called the anti-work movement is because they've never been taught real financial literacy. Because this young man, you take this question right here, and he begins to understand what we just said to him. He begins to tell his money what to do, the budget, as Dave just laid out. And here's what happens. Individual responsibility flourishes when you get taught that you can have enough money. But this anti-work movement, all this junk that's out there is coming from young people who've never been taught how to manage their money and thus they don't have enough and then they begin to say, I work too hard, I don't have enough money, I want the government to supply me the money. And, and I'm not trying to make this political because it's not. It's actually sociological. When you understand how to handle money as a young person, with what we teach in Financial Literacy Month and everything we're doing. Parents, you control
0: your destiny. They,
2: they If yes. you'll get off your little butt. And then they become hard workers because they go, I like what money allows me to do. I can be generous. I can be helpful. That's right.
0: I can be calm. I don't have to be pissed off all the time. That's true. And I'm not broke. Yeah, right. You know, it's just this is, all goes together. See, I thought the anti-work movement was because college professors were students of Karl Marx, and had passed that along to college students and reinforced the fact that they got a participation trophy instead of keeping score when they were playing soccer and they were sick.
2: Well, you just nailed the two other reasons, right? But the reasons those messages stick is because when you don't have any money and you're broke, those messages make more sense. Yeah. But to somebody yeah. who's got money, you go, what are you talking about? That's a pay cut. If you're if five the years old, you money.
0: know it's more fun to score. There's that. You just do. Right. I mean, you don't have to be a... You don't have to be a <laughs> psychologist to figure this one out. You smile more when you score than That's when true. you don't score, so go score. That's what work is. It's score. <laughs> go it's, score. It's what it is. Yeah. Just go score. Yeah. Go put the yeah. ball yes. in the hoop, man. That's what you do. Right. And, and and you're gonna have more joy and more dignity and more right. choices when you do that. Now Alex has not got that problem. He's a guy asking a question on That's this right. show. He's, He's ready, ready to money. He's a great young man. And so, I mean, we got a lot of great young people out there. That's right. But uh, we do have a group of participation trophy graduates exactly who uh, right. are, are intent on making mediocrity their goal. And uh, it's a problem. It is.
2: And it's. by the way, this is what leads to credit card debt at an all time high, student loans all time high. I've got to rely on somebody else to give me money so that I can get the life I want. And that is counterintuitive. Well, and it leads to record numbers of 28 year olds living in their mother's basement. Seven million men not working because they don't like their job status. And as the lady
0: on CBS News said the other day, that's highly unattractive. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Hard to get a date. Yeah, it's
2: true. It's true.
0: (laughs) You don't feel real eligible because you're not. (laughs) Right. He's a dreamer, daddy. Yeah, that's right. He is. That's all he does. That's right. Yeah, It means you're going to live in my basement. You're dating a dreamer. Oh, God help (laughs) me. Yeah, I'd love for you to say he's a doer. Please tell me he's a doer. Yes. He has big dreams and he's doing things to make those dreams come true. That I like. I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. See, this is highly attractive. You know, it turns out mediocrity is really kind of smelly.
2: Well, it's miserable. They can try to put another label on it, but a person who's leading a Act like I'm beating you're happy. the
0: man yeah. by being a communist.
2: Yeah. Well, you'll notice you know? that anybody who says these kind of things on social media is always angry. I tell you what, you never see an angry capitalist. An angry person with a lot of money and options. You see anger where I feel limited, and they start by being limited financially because we don't teach financial financial literacy. Ramsey Solutions does. That's why we're in schools. Uh, but if we don't teach this, then what happens is they come through the system, Dave, and the system tells them, uh, you need a credit card so that you have a backup plan. You need to get you, a student loan a so you can score. get
0: $200,000 in debt to get a degree in left-handed puppetry. So you can be successful. And you can be a barista. Right.
2: Oh, by the way, the only people winning in that system are the people giving the loans and the credit cards, interestingly enough. Hmm. They're the ones that are winning big. Credit card's at an all-time high. I'm going to stick it to the man. I'm going to make sure he gets really rich. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And if they're upset against rich people, the people who ought to be upset against are the are the financial purveyors of all of the mediocrity and frustration in your life. See, that's the game. If you want to be mad at somebody, it's the people who make really awesome commercials selling you your credit card. They're the best commercials on TV. Now here's the thing. If your job sucks, I mean, you're not in
0: Russia. No. Just go get another one. That's right. That's if right. If your boss sucks, right. get you another one. That's exactly right. Why well, well, is this hard?
2: Yeah, well, the gig economy is exploding right now, Dave. Freelance work. People can get out of debt faster. We've had nurses call in on this program. I don't <laughs> like what Walmart pays. <laughs> That's well, right. Don't work they for Walmart. go work somewhere else. Uh, we've we got an unbelievable job economy right now. 3.6% unemployment. Uh, My wages goal was
0: never to work in McDonald's. It was never a goal of mine.
2: Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: Unless it's the one I own. By the own way, that's in, no it's the one I goal. own in St. Thomas. But I, right. you know, no, thank you.
2: Right. right, and that's no one's goal. But see, we live in a world now where you don't have to go work at McDonald's. You can go start your own business online today.
0: I, I, I never had to. That's the point. I know. I used to cut grass, and I, my buddies. This was a thousand years ago when dinosaurs roamed the earth. My buddies were making a dollar sixty-five minimum wage. Wow. This is how long ago it was. True story. I was twelve years old. And I cut grass for $3 for a yard, and I figured out I could cut the grass in one hour, so I was making double what my buddies were making as Whopper Floppers. So I've never been held to the standard of, I am forced to do something. Yes. And you aren't either. You can choose to go do anything you want to do, boys and girls. This is still America. That's right. It's weirder America than ever before, but it's still America. This is The Ramsey Show. So I just gave away Financial Peace University, that guy who's getting ready to get up on his feet and get going again. You don't have to be broke to go through FPU. Uh, you just want to learn how to handle money better. God's and grandma's ways of handling money. What does scripture say about money? Live on less than you make, as an example. Okay. And what does what did grandma say about money? Live on less than you make. Get out of debt. Stay out of debt. These kind, and we're going to show you not only the principles, but then how to actually go about doing those things in your life. We get it. If you're worried about money, it's all consuming. Uh, you wonder if you've got enough to pay your bills. You can't afford to fill up at the gas station. Nobody can. It's always on your mind. But you shouldn't have to live with that kind of stress. And you don't have to. When you follow a proven plan, you'll discover peace with your money. In Financial Peace University, you'll learn how to sa- learn the same plan that's helped 10 million people get on a budget, save, spend wisely, pay off debt, become wealthy, and outrageously generous. Great time to take the course. We've updated a ton of the content, including George Campbell, Dr. John Deloney. Decide today that you're done. I've had it. No more, like I was talking about before the break. You can do this. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. Check out Financial Peace University at RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. Barbara's with us in Minneapolis. Hey, Barbara, welcome to the Ramsey Show.
3: Hey, Papa Dave and Ken. It's great to talk with you guys. Thank you for all that you're doing. You too. Uh, My husband and I have been married for 10 years. We have a blended family with children ranging from the ages of 32 down to 21. Uh, There is a 21-year, excuse me, a 26-year-old son, my stepson, my husband's son, uh, married, lives in Wisconsin, has five children under the age of seven. So they're busy. Um, This son has asked us, over two years ago bar asked to borrow $3,000. Um, my husband and I, we are baby steppers. We're on baby step six and hopefully we'll be seeing in about a year and a half for our final debt free screen to move us to baby step seven. Um, we've had a difficult time getting the son and, and daughter-in-law to pay us back and it is causing significant strife in the family. Uh, my husband and I are to the point where we just know we're not going to see the money again, the remaining balance of 1500 and we've accepted that and we've moved on. Um, however, the son continues to just um, give daggers and say that, you know, we were, he was entitled to the money, he deserved the money, and our other adult children see this and hear these comments. And where I would really love your experience, Ken, is uh, the son does not work. He is not supporting his family and then throws the emotional manipulation to my husband and I that we will be the ones responsible when him and our grandchildren get kicked out in the street. So we're trying to determine how we just allow these, these arrows to bounce off of us while holding the empty bag of a financial loan, um, which caused a strife between my husband and I because I did not want to borrow the money. So we've had to solidify you our You borrowed marriage well the money to give it. him? I'm saying.
0: You borrowed the money to give
3: him. We borrowed the money.
0: Well, that's a double deal. Oh my gosh! Not only did he not pay you back, but you went into debt to do this. Oh ouch! Ouch! No,
3: we didn't. No, we did not go into
0: debt. No, we're we're in baby steps. Oh, you loaned him the money. You didn't borrow. it. You loaned him the money, I and got now it. Okay. that's what I thought you said. we're the, okay. we're the
3: bad guys okay. for yeah. asking for repaid back yeah. as promised.
0: Yeah.
3: But we can't get him to work. We can't get him to maintain. You can't and, get and him to do anything. He's family. an adult. No, well, exactly.
0: You don't get. You don't so, get to tell him what to do. No. Your bank, his bank, so, doesn't get to tell him what to do.
3: Right. So, any guidance on how we just,
0: you yeah. know,
3: don't engage in this toxicity while absolutely. you're trying as a uh, no. Absolutely. A parent, I, I or an think. Adult, I think his dad needs to call them.
0: him. His dad needs to call him up and say the loan is forgiven. Mm-hmm. Forget yep. it. Just forget it. We don't. We're not going to loan you any money anymore ever mm-hmm. again. But this loan's forgiven. You don't owe me anymore. And yeah. I, lo- I love you. I don't agree with a lot of things you're doing, but you're a grown man and you're allowed to do those things. And um, we're still going to be friends. I'm still going to be grandpa. And you don't owe us any more money. Forget it. And mm-hmm. if, you, if you want some help, uh, we can give you some coaching and we'll be your biggest cheerleaders. But we yeah. won't give you either one, coaching or cheering, Uh, without your permission cut him loose set him free he he, he, you this is bothering you way more than it's bothering him oh yeah you've had 28 million dollars worth of grief he's had 20 cents worth of grief he had got enough character for this to bother him
3: well exactly
0: yeah so this is bother Barbara Barbara let it go. <laughs> it's just fifteen hundred dollars.
3: No, absolutely. And what, what breaks my heart more than my pocketbook because we don't need that much You
0: not I not mean, make more not a few doesn't even matter to him
3: well, right, but it, it hurts my heart how he speaks to my husband husband his to Well,
0: then that's your husband to to say you can't yeah. speak to me that way anymore.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. You can only speak to me. In, a, in tones that are reasonable i don't allow anyone family or otherwise to speak to me in you know unpleasant ways in an ongoing in an ongoing process now if somebody can have a moment that's one thing okay um i don't cut everybody out of my life that has a moment that's not what i'm talking about but but as an ongoing abusive thing that's you know you're welcome to call here and you're welcome to be in our home but you're going to maintain these levels of volume and this level of reasonable respect, and I'm going to give you the same thing. But, you know, don't call here, and and we're we're, we're not responsible for your children. They're your children. Correct. We love you, and we're cheering for you. If you ever want any advice on how to get where we are financially, we can show you. But but we're not going to tell you what to do, and you're not going to make us give you our money. Mm -hmm. You're a confused young man. He just needs some boundaries. Right. Your husband is a nice, gentle man, isn't he? Yes.
3: He's, yeah. he's a six-foot-four giant. Yep, with mm-hmm. a big old heart, heart
0: and a very, very soft, yep. gentle yep. personality. So I want your husband to roar just a little bit. <laughs> and you do, too. Yeah. And you do, too. <laughs> now, I don't want him to be mean. Right. I don't want him to be mean, but it takes strength to set boundaries. And that's what's lacking here is boundaries. And let me tell you, anytime you're someone like your, your your stepson who doesn't respect boundaries, anytime you put up a fence and he's used to playing in your yard, he's going to have a fit. Mm-hmm. So don't expect this to go well. Right. It's not going to go well because this kid's a twerp. Yep. Okay. And so all you can do is just say, you have to sit over there in your yard and have your little fit. You can't sit in my yard and have a fit. And I just don't worry about the money. Money's off the table. Mm-hmm. Money's off the table. And the fact that you forgive it is not going to make this young man suddenly have character. Yeah,
3: and I think that's also one of the hardest things for my husband, too. Exactly. Is that, ship, that ship has, that has
0: it's sailed. That yep. ship sailed. Yep. This, is, this kid's way too old for you to fix him. You just got to love him where he is, and if he wants some help, I can show him how. You can show him how. But until he's ready for some help, it's everybody else's
2: fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Barbara, I would just add, yeah. you need to encourage your husband that this is not a direct reflection on him. It's very heartbreaking when you see a kid and a, a grown man make these kind of decisions yeah. and say the things that he's saying. But I'll tell you this. I, th- I want parents to hear this. Is, uh, it's really hard when you see adult kids do things that you didn't model for them you didn't teach them how to do it uh but when you see an adult kid like this who's not working to support his family um there's other stuff going on. there's way more going on he's not lazy even though he presents as lazy he's lost and you said it earlier you said this is a confused young man and i think you're right confusion can make a person so lost that they lose all gumption to get out there and do something and that's the best your husband could be aware of is to try to love his son that way. But I agree, Dave, you gotta cut it off for a while until he gets a wake-up Parents call.
0: Do not loan money. Do not loan money to your kids. If you want to give them money, give them money. You never loan them money because you change the relationship and that's part of what soured this relationship. Hang on, we're gonna send you a copy of Dr. John Deloney's book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future. It'll help you guys navigate this harbor. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, open phones at 888-825-5225. John is with us. John is in Atlanta. Hi, John. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
4: Hey, thank you so much for taking my call. I kind of got a unique tithing question for you. Okay. So um, I've listened to your show a lot, um, and, and, and obviously you teach on tithing, which I've done, which Anybody out there, if you're not tithing, you're making a big, huge mistake. But anyway, I'm, I'm giving 10% to my local church, but I have, living in Atlanta, I have quite the uh, the commute to work and back. So I try to educate myself every morning and, and listen to different sermons through, throughout the morning and, and the evening. And, I, and I'm finding myself listening to Craig Groeschel, Michael Todd, and I'm getting a lot of information from them and, and really growing from those two pastors, among the other ones, but those are the two major ones that I listen to. And so now I'm kind of feeling like uh, not only should I be giving a portion of that 10% to my local church, but I'm, I'm growing just as much, if not more, listening to, to those pastors. Should, should I be supporting those churches also and giving a portion of that 10% to, to, to those, those, those churches or those pastors?
0: I, I really love your heart. I appreciate that. And um, Mike Todd and Craig Groeschel are both personal friends. Craig's a good friend of mine. And, um, am uh, just emailing with him about an hour and a half ago, matter of fact. But, um, uh, so I do kind of know what those guys would tell you. Um, and I think it's the same thing I would tell you. And, uh, I've Ken chime in here cause he's a PK as well. Okay. What is the purpose of the tithe? Is it for you to buy a ticket to a self-improvement Christian seminar? No. Okay. It's not. Mm -hmm. The purpose of the tithe is to support the work of your local congregation. It's represented in the Old Testament storehouse. And the storehouse fed the widows and the orphans and paid the priests. And that was the function of the storehouse. And so you gave a tenth of your grain to the storehouse. The Levites ran it in the Old Testament and um, a little bit of biblical history. But the point of it is not um, to uh, pay them for services rendered to you. The point of the tithe is to get a rhythm of giving in your life and to remind you each week that you don't really own anything. You're just managing it all for God. And so, uh, and there's a lot of grace around the tithe. So you can do whatever you want to do. God's not going to be mad at you for sending Mike Todd and Craig Groeschel or or whoever else you watch. Uh, and both of those are wonderful teachers, by the way, world class. Um, but the, uh, uh, the local church function is supported by you also, by, by your giving. But that's not even the reason for your giving. The reason for your giving is so you learn to be generous, not so you purchase a ticket to a self-improvement event and i'm i'm kind well, of being really i'm kind of being a little it. bit smart at like, cuz you're like well this yeah. is all where i'm growing from but this isn't about your growth yeah.
4: okay i got you yeah well i was just feeling like like if you know part of the tithe, in, in my opinion obviously especially for the local church is you're supporting that local church so they can go out and do other things to and and, and when yep souls to Christ well, yep. these two these two gentlemen are doing phenomenal jobs so I felt like they are if, if I'm listening them and and ne- neither one of
0: them are hurting them. for money.
4: Yeah, I understand yeah ne- I understand. neither
0: neither church is in financial trouble. both churches are in excellent financial condition and are winning plenty of souls to Christ.
2: Yeah. okay John I would just I would just add I think most pastors would uh, agree with Dave and but they would also say this is a preference not a principle. And so the preference is to support the local body, the local church. However, uh, the principle, as Dave says, is to uh, give back what you've been given uh, a portion of uh, and to, nah. to, to the Lord. So let me say this, though. I, I think you've got to shift your mindset from um, I should support those two ministries to I could support yeah, them. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's the deal. I think you really love them. I think you are— But that becomes an offering
0: above the tithe.
2: That is above and beyond. Yeah. Tithes and it's offerings like, there's are... There's
0: another ministry over here that does good work for God. That's right. A good work for orphans, a good work for whoever, a good work for the unborn, a good work for... you know. And I want to support that ministry. That's an offering over and above the tithe. The tithe has a different set of principles. Mm-hmm. But now, having okay. given you all this m- nicky nacky detail stuff, <laughs> I also want to back way up and just say there's a tremendous amount of grace over this whole thing. Yes. The whole principle is... God wants to make us over in His image. He's a giver. He gave His only Son. He's the ultimate in generosity. And so He's trying to make us in His image, and And the principle is to build the giving muscle, the generosity muscle, and always be building your generosity muscle. You hear me say that all the time anyway, but this is a uniquely Christian discussion we're having here for those of you that are not people of faith. But, um, but, but that's the technical answer From an evangelical Christian perspective, and what has been taught for hundreds of years is that the tithe is modeled after the Old Testament storehouse, and that's why it goes to the local church. That's where the model came from. Uh, And uh, you know, there. But you know, bring all your tithes to the storehouse, and that's an Old Testament, you know, direct quote. So, uh, but you know, and. You know, then we can have all kinds of other discussions. But I don't think you're going to hell if you don't tithe. But I do, I, I can tell you this. There's a high correlation between people that are generous and people who win at life and money. It's very unusual to find someone getting a divorce who's been tithing for the entire time they've been married. Because generous tends to make you less selfish. And it's very unusual. If you got the two of you as a, as a, as a couple have made a decision to have a steady rhythm of giving, and you're agree, in agreement on where that steady rhythm of giving is going, called the tithe in this case, it's also very unusual that you're not in agreement on most of the things, yeah. and it just it's a, it's an indication of the health of the relationship in your marriage. And so uh, I, I had an old pastor tell me one time, he goes, I've been pastoring for 45 years, never had a couple in my church get divorced that were tithers. Mm. And uh, he was saying that as if the tithe somehow's magical, but I think the tithe in and of itself is not. Uh-huh. It's the it's the the principle, as you said, behind the process, and the principle is generosity and a steady rhythm of generosity. It's a wonderful question. Thank you, John. Yeah, very thoughtful for letting us get back on something that actually matters. That's really good. That's yeah. a great, great question. Yeah. So. We'll back up one more step, because I'll just take a second more on this, and Ken, uh, because I I loved what you said there. I want to recap that, uh, because you do want to pan back from these things. I, in my early, uh, I became a Christian as an adult. In my early days, I became very pharisaical, very detailed about stuff like where the tithe goes, what counts on the tithe, how do you calculate it, and all that, and I finally went, oh, wait a minute. God doesn't really need my money, yeah, right. <laughs> as if I was somehow singularly supporting the kingdom. That's hilarious. You know right. the arrogance of that is unbelievable. But Pharisees are arrogant, and I was a young Pharisee. So, um, you know. But what I got to later was, is the tithe is not for God. He doesn't need my money. If he wanted to he'd take it and I'd be a greasy spot. You know it's all I mean? this. God, he don't need my money. And so, and really that church, Craig and Todd, Mike Todd, they're, they're doing fine. They don't need your money. But if you want to support the work that they're doing because it's incredible work and they're not your local church, then that would be called an offering. Yes.
2: And I think that there's something beautiful there too as you're talking about generosity that if you feel that you're receiving a blessing yeah. And you want to return some of that blessing. That is also generosity as well to say, you know what? I'm blessed by this. I've felt some impact. You know what? I want to give well the, uh, the widows might, you know. If well, you look like, at that parable, get,
0: Well, it's like living a, you know, leaving a tip.
2: That's exactly in right. In a sense. I mean, it's, a, it's an you, act of appreciation. You blessed
0: me tonight and the yes. way you took care of our table and right. I'm going to be a blessing back to you. And that's yeah, right. that's just it's 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 called class that's right you know oh my gosh yeah. selfish dad young people out there and i love john's question because yeah. he's not he's anything but selfish he's just he's that's right living and, in a and,
2: and one other final thing on this John. god's not up there with a clipboard looking at where you're giving and how much it's the attitude it's the heart condition and so you're in good shape there don't yeah. don't worry about that just yeah. give
0: you're a wonderful young man very cool good stuff good stuff coleman ramsey personality my co-host this hour thanks to austin ben zach andrew and kelly in the booth i am dave ramsey your host and we'll be back